The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 282 of the podcast. Or you join us live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Today's Sunday, April 10th. We're one day removed from UFC 273, Jacksonville, Florida. Alexander Volkanovsky defending his featherweight championship against the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. Before we get into any of that, I got... Uh, some upkeep matters to discuss with you all. And before we get into that, even, let me introduce all the way from New Jersey, the Garden State, Jeff, the Animal Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling on this Sunday evening, my friend? Bill, it's still cold. It's April. <laughs> Why is it still cold? <laughs> um, it was actually it was actually chilly here this weekend. We had like a big rain on Friday, and then it was kind of cold throughout the weekend. Bill, that sounds absolutely horrifying. Um, just because <laughs> I know hurricane season is approaching. Um, but Bill, I know you had you had some some uh, some fun times this weekend. So, Bill, I need a damage report. <laughs> uh. I, I think I got away fairly unscathed this weekend. So we did another um, we did another weekend away in Orlando, um, Disney World. Um, I'm sure you guys are probably thinking like, oh, man, he went to Disney World again. Yes, I did. Um, th- this was the thing. It was my mother-in-law's birthday, and we asked her, uh, what do you want to do for your birthday? And she said, I want to go stay at a nice Disney Hotel. Now, for those who don't know, there, there are a couple of hotels around the Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom is basically an island. So you go and park your car, and then you have to take either a boat or a monorail to get to it. On the monorail line are three higher-end hotels. So the monorail stops at each of these hotels on the way to the Magic Kingdom. So it it's a lot more convenient to stay at these hotels, but... Obviously, they're higher end, so they're more expensive. But this is what the mother-in-law wanted to do for her birthday. She didn't want to go to the parks or anything. She just wanted to stay at the hotel and, like, take the monorail to the other hotels and walk around and shop and stuff. So we're like, all right, well, we'll all go out there. We'll stay at the nice hotel. We'll go to a nice dinner. We'll go out to the park during the day and get some rides in, whatever. And, uh... It was a disaster, Jeff. We got there. We stayed at the Contemporary, um, which is known for being the one the monorail actually goes through, like, the middle of the hotel. It's pretty cool. Um, and and we got, like, an upgraded room where they have, like, a concierge and they have, like, a snack lounge that's open, like, most of the day and stuff. You can just go and get snacks and beer and wine and stuff, breakfast, whatever. Uh, we get there, and... Um, we were supposed to be able to check in at three. We weren't able to check in until like five thirty. So we're like, all right, whatever. 
they they held our stuff in my in-laws room and um we went and played at the arcade and walked around the hotel a little bit and we came back and uh <laughs> we went to the wrong room because they changed our room and didn't tell us so we had to go get all our stuff and pack it again and bring it to the new room and the reason was that there was a water leak in the current in the room we were assigned to so we get to the new room finally we go out to dinner come back we're exhausted um and then we wake up at two in the morning and the ceiling was leaking it was just like <laughs> dripping onto the carpet <laughs> and i have no idea why um it, we were not, we're not on the top floor so it couldn't have been like rain or anything i don't know if there was a leak in the sprinkler or something so it's like dripping we just put and we were so exhausted too so we just put a towel down and and you know whatever we went back to sleep and then the next day told the the concierge there and um i i think um my my wife wasn't really like trying to complain about it. She was just like, you know, there's water leaking out of the ceiling. Like, what do we do? Are you gonna put us somewhere else? Or, um, and it, they gave us some fast passes at Magic Kingdom, which was cool. So we didn't have to wait online at the rides. And then while we were at the park, the manager calls and said, um, "There's too much damage to the room. We can't go back in there." Um, so he asked, "Are you comfortable with us moving all your stuff?" We're like, "Yeah, sure." We want to go through and like take all our stuff out of the drawers. And, you know, we had food in the mini fridge and we had a cooler and like, it was a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, if you want to move all that stuff, go ahead. And you're like, yeah, we're going to have to, because there's too much damage in the room. We can't let you back in there. Um, they're like, but to make it up to you, we're going to refund you for last night and we're going to upgrade you. So they put us in this ridiculous, like penthouse suite, Jeff. It was like two bedrooms. It reminded me of the hangover. Like when they <laughs> when they get to that suite in Caesar's Palace. I was like, this is amazing. It it had four balconies and Jeez. they they all overlooked Magic Kingdom. So we got we got back and we went into our new room. We were able to watch the fireworks like from the balcony. Um it it was amazing. Um and then uh, it, it was it was one of the coolest hotel rooms I've ever seen. And it, we didn't like cause a scene or anything. We're not we're not big complainers. Um, it I think it just happened to work out like somebody canceled a reservation who was supposed to have this suite, and the manager felt bad that we kept bouncing around and we checked in late. And um, so he he put us in this really awesome suite. Shout out to Todd by the way, manager at the contemporary hotel um, took care of us. He put all the fast passes on our Disney account, like all loaded automatically. And I don't know how he's like, I'm going to sprinkle some magic on your fast pass. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, we wound up with this incredible room and then, um, the, the next night, my in-laws babysat for us, and the wife and I went to Epcot and had some drinks around the world and then went back to the hotel, and I was able to actually watch the UFC on my laptop out on the balcony um, of the hotel. And it, it wound up being a really awesome uh, weekend because at first we were like, man, 
this sucks. Like we're staying at, we're finally splurging and staying at one of the nicer hotels and it, it's just a disaster, but it, it wound up being like the coolest hotel experience ever. And that was that. Bill, that's awesome. I'm glad Disney took care of you. I mean, uh, it's probably good for their image that you're talking so positively about them on the show, you know, <laughs> in in light of recent events in the state of Florida. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they're they getting a lot of bad press right now. There's a lot of p political stuff going on with Disney, so I guess it, it's good to put some positive vibes out there. Um, so big shout out to the team there and all the the people there were so nice. Like they all seemed like they felt bad. Like we had to keep moving around and our room was leaking, but it really wasn't that big of a deal to us. We were just like, all right, well, you know, are we going to stay in here and like sleep in our bathing suits? Or are we going <laughs> to, are we going to go somewhere else? We didn't expect to be like treated that well, which made it like that much more of a surprise, you know, cause we weren't like really pressing the issue. We were just like, yeah, where are we going to sleep tonight? Um, and, and they really did take care of us. So it was awesome. Yeah. And Bill, I think it's important to mention that Disney is in no way, shape or form paying you to say all this. Okay. Yeah, um, that's true. But Bill, yeah. sorry, good. They're not a sponsor. I can say that much. Yeah. So, um, Bill, but I think we got to give a shout out to Mark Fellows, our first viewer slash listener from vietnam yeah yeah so mark <laughs> still he's on vacation with his wife and he's still tuning into the show and they're probably sleeping in separate rooms because he's mad that she booked the flight during ufc 273 <laughs> mark go easy on her she wanted to plan a nice vacation for you and then it, now you're on vacation with her making her listening listen to us um but but cheers all the way in Vietnam to the two of you. Hope you're having a great trip. Um, yeah, so Jeff, one other thing that that caught my attention on this trip, um, and, and we had we had fun at the parks like always. Um, but I went to like the commissary in the hotel where they sell, you know, like toothpaste and all, all stuff that like you might have forgotten and it, i was surprised to find jeff that they sell condoms there in the disney hotel general store which i imagine they're not a hot seller because i gotta think 90 percent of the people staying there are there because they don't use condoms mm, fair enough that's a fair assessment but bill you never know man i mean um me personally um, you know, when I meet the right person, I like to take them to Disney World, and then uh, you know, the kids uh, they can wait until they're older, Bill, to go to mm. Disney World. I'm not in a big rush to take any kids to Disney World, I want to enjoy <laughs> Disney World, or I've never been. So, if I go to Disney World or Disneyland, I want to enjoy it first, as like you know, without having to be responsible for anybody else's welfare. That's a good point, that's a good point, and I have. I have been to Disney myself, um, pre-kid. I just like it, and it was cool and everything. Like I had a good time, but um, it, it hits different when you go with a kid, and and you get to see them like experience all this stuff. Although 
I'm positive that we've overspoiled this child, and she's just like, she's not gonna be impressed with with like everyday things anymore. Like, mm -hmm. it, even when we got upgraded to this gigantic suite, I was like, this is one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me, and she's just like playing with her toys. She's like, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it's like. And then, like, everywhere she goes in the hotel, there's, like, a concierge giving her stickers. And, you know, she's, like, this is what she thinks life is. Like, she just goes places and gets free stuff and gets to stay in nice rooms. Um, I went to Disney World one time as a kid when I was seven or eight. It was because my aunt was getting married in Florida. And we stayed in, like, an RV, like, somewhere, like, not close to the parks. And it, it was... It was awesome. Like, I still have memories of that. Um, but my daughter's going to be like, oh, Disney? Yeah, I did that like every other weekend when I was <laughs> <laughs> No big deal. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so it was cool. Another shout out again to the staff at the Contemporary for hooking us up and, and taking care of us. I, um, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever been treated like that while traveling. And I've traveled a lot of places a lot of countries and, and been all over the place and um, haven't, haven't been met with that kind of hospitality. So that was, that was really cool that they did that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I was able to get back to the hotel last night, just in time for the main card. I, I caught all of that. And then uh, I went back this afternoon and watched a bunch of the prelims, but it, I think I may have missed a couple, but uh, let, let's start at the top, Jeff, um, of, of an awesome card, I thought, um, if, if anything, for the Shemaev and Burns fight alone. But let's start with the champ, Volkanovsky, one-sided beating of the Korean zombie. Definitely didn't see it going down this way. Uh, you and I were both saying on the show last week that we thought you know, we didn't really see an area where the Korean zombie could beat Volkanovsky, but personally, I thought it was going to at least be competitive. Yeah. Man, Bill, um, dude, like you said, Volkanovsky, you know, we kind of talked about this last week. There's really no area where, where zombie would give Volkanovsky problems, but Bill, after watching that fight, and I went back and rewatched this morning because uh, I watched all of the prelims and one of the early prelim fights, and I, I was fading by the start of the main card, and and I was like in and out, so I had to go back and watch all these fights because all of them were great on the main card, man. Like if you missed them, go back and watch them. I'm sure there are some websites, and you didn't hear this from me that could potentially maybe offer provide what you're looking for, but yeah. It's ESPN Plus, Jeff. I think they still let you pay for the pay-per-view to watch the replay. Oh, so that's no right. Problem. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. Right. So, um, Bill, dude, Volkanovski just looks so much faster than than Zombie when it came to the boxing. And I was really surprised. I thought he would uh, utilize the leg kicks a little bit more because he's just so great. And they're such a big part of his arsenal. But, man, the hands were just so fast, man. And it mm -hmm. felt like Korean Zombie – he looks so slow in comparison to Volkanovski. And, Bill, no disrespect to, to the Korean zombie because I love him. He's a fan favorite. But Volkanovski made him look like he had no business being in the same cage as him. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, 
Uh, sorry to cut you off. Just one last thing that I wanted to add was um, I felt like the stoppage was good, man. I mean, Zombie was out on his feet, and he got dropped. Tw- he got dropped in every round. He went down in every round, and in the third round specifically, he went down with a nasty one-two, and then he went down again because of a nasty leg kick. And Bill Korean Zombie's leg at the end of that fight was all red, man. Um, you know, Volkanovski, the main, it looked like the main part of his game plan was the boxing. He had faster mm-hmm. hands, but he never disregarded the leg kicks either. And man, he, te- Bill, um, Korean Zombie's leg looked like one of your bags of beef jerky before you <laughs> set it out on the grill, man. That's what it looked like. <laughs> I did use a uh, Korean barbecue sauce in uh, one of those last batches of jerky. So there's that. <laughs> uh yeah i i did not see it going this one-sided and volkanovsky is is kind of an anomaly 21 wins in a row uh he's defended the title a bunch uh he he's looked great in a lot of fights but the guy doesn't get the credit um and i think it's largely due to the fact that people are bitter um that he got that decision over max holloway in the last fight. <clears throat> and now it looks like Max Holloway is going to be next. So maybe there's a chance for redemption, but man, Volkanovsky is a different fighter than he was the last time he fought Max Holloway. Like the, the dude just gets better. Um, it, every fight. I mean, he, he looked great in the Ortega fight. He looked better in this fight and, and watching the guy fight against these, longer lankier featherweights it's almost like an optical illusion that you're watching because he's so short and compact um the way he's able to land on these guys like he's able to make himself longer than he is i don't know if that makes sense but um you know just the way he has full extension on his punches like he gets into spaces that it looks like he shouldn't be able to like he's defying the laws of physics when you watch him. And it's like almost, it's like awkward to see. Um, but that's just, that's just part of his greatness. Um, and yeah, there you have it. Um, as far as what's next for uh, Korean zombie, I don't know. He's going to need some time off, but um if he wants to get back into the title picture anytime soon, he's going to have to take a top guy, maybe somebody like Arnold Allen. Mm. Um, like one of these up and comers would be a good fight. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'd actually like to see him against maybe Josh Emmett, but um, dude, I don't know, man. Like you said, Wokonovsky is looking scary, man. Um, you know, he didn't really call out anybody, um, which I thought was a good decision, but Bill, and we've kind of agreed. It felt kind of like Max Holloway just edged out Volkanovski in the last two fights that they had. Um, but I don't know, man, going into, if there is a trilogy fight, uh, I, it's kind of hard to, to bet against Volkanovski after that performance, man. Yeah. Like even if the decisions went to Max Holloway, both of them. And we saw these last two performances from Volkanovski. I might be leaning towards Volkanovski in a rematch with Max Holloway. 
Um, so Mark says, are you trying to lose a viewer, Jeff? Where's, where, huh? What? Mark, what do you where, mean? I'm saying that just, I think Volkanovsky would, would beat, uh, is going to beat Holloway in the third fight. Uh, I think he's because he's saying that you thought Holloway edged out the first two fights. Oh, oh, oh that? Oh, I don't know. I, that's what it. That's what I've heard people say, Mark. So hard to stay PC here. Can't <laughs> please everyone. Um, speaking of not being able to please everyone, Aljamain Sterling pulling it off. And Jeff, we were talking about last week out of the three underdogs. You called it on the card. Who had the best chance? Of pulling the upset. Remind me who I picked, Jeff. You picked Aljo. Um, and Bill, um, man, I, I was so impressed with Aljamain Sterling, man. Um, dude, rounds two and three, the control. He made Peter Jan look like a white belt in there. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And, it, you know, maybe you could have called one of those 10-8. You know, the, the rounds four and five, completely different fight. This is a story of two fights here. Um, round one, kind of up in the air. I kind of had it for Aljo, but I could see the judges giving it to Peter Jan. Split decision at the end. Um, Bill, I think they need to have a trilogy. Uh, forget mm. TJ Dillashaw for now, all right? The first fight ended wrong. The second fight, split decision, and easily, easily could have gone to Peter Jan. Um you know, depending. I don't on know about. Saw, I don't know about easily. Like, I don't know, Bill. Depending on how you saw round one. Yeah, I and it's tough because not a lot happened in round one. Yeah. Um, I I did think Aljo got a ten eight in round two. He beat mm. the piss out of him. At the end of the fight, Aljo had like one little bump next to his eye. Uh, Jan definitely looked worse for wear at yeah. the end of the fight, despite. Um, you know, coming on at the end and 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 winning probably the last two rounds. Um, although I thought the fourth was kind of close too. Um, but then Jan won the fifth. Uh, <clears throat> but the by far the most dominant rounds were the second and the third, which yeah. is why the, the scoring system is kind of weird. Because if you're looking at the fight as a whole, Jan took far more damage. Um, but you know, you have to score it per round. Um, and I, I still think it's, it, I still think it went the right way, but mm. I, I didn't understand why people thought that Jan was going to just, um, bulldoze Aljamain Sterling. Um, when, you know, Aljamain did well in the first fight and just got tired because he was wrestling too much. Um, and, and yeah, he was, he was kind of beaten up on him after he was gassed. But, you know, now he had the neck surgery and he was recovered from that. He looked like in much better shape. And he always looks in great shape, but he looked extra shredded for this fight. Um, I just didn't see – I just didn't see the justification for thinking that Jan was going to blow right through him. I knew it was going to be a competitive fight, but yeah. um, I, I did believe that out of the three underdogs, Aljamain Sterling probably had the best chance of pulling the upset. And uh, here we go. And still calls out TJ Dillashaw. Um, I don't think they'll do the trilogy right away. Mm. You know, I think the, I think the UFC and everyone else wants to get a break from these two. 
uh, fighting each other. So they're probably going to have to do other things. Um, I would say um, make Peter Jan fight Marab because they had some, um, they had a little, uh, a little heat backstage. They almost got into it. Uh, you know, Marab's up there now. Um, and I think, I think Marab mauls Peter Jan actually. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think that wouldn't even be close. I think Marab does to Peter Jan what everyone expected Peter Jan to do to Aljamain Sterling. <laughs> Dude, um, Bill, and like I said, I knew that Aljo won because, um, you know, when I was last night, I was like, I still had the fights on. I just fell asleep, but I saw rounds four and I saw the end of round four and round five last night. Mm-hmm. And then they gave the decision to Aljo. So I'm like, dude, I got to go back and watch this whole fight. But, um, but Bill, we talked about this last week, that this fight would be different. We said that Aljo would come in as a different fighter. And, Bill, even knowing that Aljo won, as I watched the, the beginning of the fight, Aljo just looked so much more calm in there. Mm-hmm. He kind of freaked out in the first fight after mm-hmm. he gassed a little bit. But I I don't know if it's because he came in as champion, you know, something about the the championship shorts, but he just looked much more confident in there. It was kind of like he knew what Peter Jan had for him, and he knew that it wouldn't be enough to beat him. Um, But, yeah, those second and third rounds, like you said, definitely. um, The time that Aljo controlled Peter Jan was definitely – it felt like he was more in control than when Peter Jan – uh, was controlling rounds four and five. And if you look at the stats, I think Peter Jan had more significant strikes landed, but Aljo, I believe, had a little bit more control time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that spoke volumes, man, because uh, like you said, man, he was just, while he was on uh, Jan's back, he was just hitting him like a sack of beef. And I love, Bill, I love Ray Longo. He is like one of my <laughs> favorite MMA coaches. At yeah. the end of <laughs> at the end of the second round, Aljo kind of goes like this, and he raises his arms as he's looking across uh, at Peter Jan sitting on the stool because Aljo, uh, his corner didn't bring a stool out for him. He was just standing the whole time in between uh-huh. rounds. And Ray Longo goes, yeah, look at that motherfucker over there. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> My favorite part, too, when Longo was like, all right, you just embarrassed him. So now he's going to come out guns blazing. <laughs> Dude, but uh, – but he called it. That's what happened in at the beginning of the fourth. He came out guns blazing, Peter Young. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, dude, uh, I love Ray Longo. He's just he has a way of just cutting through the nonsense. Yeah. Oh man. Ray Longo is a good dude. I, I had the opportunity to uh, meet him and go on his podcast when it still existed. And then he he actually sat and talked with me for like an hour afterwards. Um, we were just talking MMA and mutual contacts and stuff like that. And he's exactly who you would expect him to be. Like what you see is what you get with Ray Longo. He's just a genuine dude, really nice, you know, so he was like overly respectful to me. I was, I was like, man, who the fuck am I? You're fucking Ray Longo. <laughs> why, are you, why are you being so nice to me? I'm not, I, in your gym, like he could have just like done the show with me and then ignored me afterwards. I would have been fine with that, but he actually took the time to sit and talk with me. So I'll, I'll always have um, a massive amount of respect for that guy. Um, and, and, you know, part of me makes 
makes me uh, want to root for his fighters, you know, especially since one of them is my my buddy, the steamroller. Yeah, for sure, man, dude. Um, but yeah, uh, just such a different fight from that first fight. And we talked about this last week, man, that, you know, Aljo would be a little bit more prepared. Um, you know, he fixed some things with that neck surgery. But man, if, if this had been a three-round fight, I don't think you give Peter Jan another title shot for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Let's um let's feed Sean O'Malley to Peter Young. How about we do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark says Jemaya versus Burns was a snoozer. We can skip that one. Man, this fight, Jeff. Bill, do we have a fight of the year candidate? Uh yeah. Do we have a fight of the year winner with this yeah, I one? Think, I think we might. This fight, this fight was ridiculous. I I'm usually like pretty quiet, like watching the fights. Like I, I'll take everything in. Like every now and then, I'll react to something. I was, I was like jumping out of my seat. I was cheering. <laughs> I was like, this fight had everything. It was so exciting. These guys beat the piss out of each other. Um, it it was super close. Um, you know, Burns was never like out of the fight but he was never really like ahead um rumor has it that Bill, what do you mean did you not see that second round well yeah but i mean like i i didn't think there was a well man come on bill that second round i was starting to worry about comes about uh comes at Chimaev here. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if he was ready for this after that. That's what I was thinking after that second round. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Burns had a great second round. That fight was wild, man. I need to watch. I need to watch that again. Not tonight because then I won't be able to sleep. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I need to. I need to enlarge this photo because I don't want to be giving free advertisement space to whatever these ads are that are popping up here on sure dog um yeah oh, this fight was just incredible i mean i i think you know a lot of people had faith in gilbert burns but i think secretly everybody expected chamayev to just kind of blow him out of the water mm. and man gilbert burns at 170 pounds is just a tough bastard um and he kept throwing that same kind of check hook um, at, that that he would counter almost everything with, and he was finding a home for it. Um, he was landing on Chamayev, who's a lot taller and a lot longer than him. Um, it's almost like the same optical illusion that we see with Volkanovski. It's like this guy's so stumpy; he shouldn't be landing any of these punches. But like, he just gets such good extension on his punches and such good technique. Like when you think of Gilbert Burns, you think of like this phenomenal grappler who's, you know, in Abu Dhabi and, you know, world champion jiu-jitsu, all that. But uh, he's got super clean striking, like very technical. And he's got a lot of power. Like he's a, he's a little powerhouse, man. Um, but, and, and a good thing I heard was that Dana White actually paid him his win money. In oh, a, nice. in a, Yeah, in addition to them getting the fight of the night bonus. So that's awesome. You got to love to hear stuff like that. But um, at the end of the day, uh, the story has to be Chamayev. And 
and that the dude is a legit contender. Um, you know, this was a huge jump in competition. I mean, he fought uh, Jing Liang Li, who was ranked, I don't know, just outside of the top 10 maybe. Yeah. And then he jumps over all these guys and fights Gilbert Burns, who was number two, who just fought for the title. And, of course, Gilbert takes the fight, man, because he's such a competitor. All these guys were ducking Chimaev. Like, there's a reason he skipped the line because they probably called everybody in that line. Like, hey, look, we need a fight for this guy. And they're like, pass. Pass. Um, but Chimaev, man, I mean, he, he, you look at the level of competition in welterweight, and obviously there's a huge discrepancy from the top and, like, the middle of the pack. You know, we have, like, our established top. Obviously, we have Kamaru Usman, number one pound for pound on the planet, in my opinion. Uh, we've got Colby Covington as, like, the obvious number two. Um, and then we've got, you know, Gilbert Burns. We've got Vicente Luque. Uh, we've got Falal Muhammad, who are – they're, they're going to fight each other in a rematch next week. We'll talk about that later. But then, you know, after you get out of that top five, like, it kind of drops off a little bit. And you got your, you know, your wonder boys still hanging around in there, but – Big difference in competition, but he was still able to take out Gilbert Burns. Um, and, and it makes you wonder, like, how how would he look against Usman? Like, that's what I was thinking at the end of this fight. Like, I don't know what else there would be. A lot of people are calling for Colby Covington. And, like, yeah, that could be cool. But, you know, after this fight and, uh, you know, riding the wave from this war and – and showing that he could be tested and showing that he's got a chin. I'm cool with him going right in for the title, which, you know, could very well happen if there's a boring main event next week. So give me your thoughts, Jeff. Bill, um, I thought it was a great fight, man. Uh, and listen, that second round was all Gilbert Burns, dude. Uh, you know, some doubt started to creep in after that second round. I was like, I don't know if, if Jemayev can do this. Mm -hmm. All right, I don't, you know, but Burns kind of gassed himself out a little bit, especially that flurry where where Chimaev covered up, and uh, and Burns is just all, you know, unloading on him, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, using the uppercuts and and getting past Chimaev's guard. Um, but yeah, Bill, I I think we can start to talk about, you know, a title shot here for Chimaev if you know if things don't go well uh mm -hmm. versus it between Luke and uh and Bilal Muhammad here but Bill I don't think it goes well for him against Kamaru Usman yeah I mean it's it's hard to say I mean you know Usman's got power uh he's good everywhere um can Chimaev go five rounds that's an unknown um, so maybe we need to see him in a main event before. And I guess Colby Covington would make the most sense, uh, you know, if you're going to throw him in a main event. I kind of don't see Colby taking that fight. I feel like he's just uh, going in other directions. Like he's looking for the Poirier fight and he's looking for other kind of super fight things. Because I think he realizes, like, as long as Usman is the champ, he doesn't really have like a goal at welterweight and he's too small to move up um, and he's too big to move down. 
So he's he's kind of looking for these super fight kind of things because what does it do for him even if he beats Chimaev? They're not gonna they're still not gonna put him in there with Usman for a third time. So why is he gonna fight this tough contender when he can go out and have a super fight for a lot of money? So that's why I feel like he's not gonna take it. Not to say he's afraid to fight him or anything, but that's just kind of what I see. Yeah, yeah, it really does nothing for him. Uh, like you said. Um but yeah, dude, I mean, what a fight, man. I think that's fight of the year right there, dude. Um, you know, it was so back and forth, you know. And like you said, Burns, he it never looked like he, I mean, except for the second round. But in rounds one and three, didn't look like he was going to win. But like you said, he was never out of it. Yeah. He was making, he made Shemayev work for, for that nugget last mm -hmm. night, man. Um, yeah. And we saw that Chamayev could be battle tested. I mean, he was only hit like one time in his other four UFC fights. Got his fifth uh fifth bonus in as many fights. Like that's that's kind of incredible, Jeff. The guys had five fights in the UFC, five bonuses. Yeah, but I say Usman drops him like a bad habit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't I don't know, man. Uh but Bill, this is so exciting, man. Like, you know, um, I think the welterweight division needs this because, um, let's be honest, Usman's cleaning the place out, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, we we definitely need some parity, and he's it's gotten to the point where Usman's like, yeah, I might move up to two hundred five because he doesn't want to fight Adesanya. It's like, come on, man, no, you're not. <laughs> but yeah, this is great. I mean, I think it, to me. Like Vicente Luque has kind of been snubbed for the past like year and a half. Like the the guy's been so solid, beating everybody, finishing guys, and it's like now you got to fight Bilal Muhammad again to get a title shot, maybe because everybody's talking about Shamayev. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Mackenzie Dern split decision win over Tisha Torres. Um, this was another fight where it's like the second round was clear for Mackenzie Dern and one and three was like, depends like what you saw, I guess. Um, I think the decision went the right way. I think especially after the grappling exchanges in the, in the second round, the way Mackenzie Dern was just chaining submissions together. Uh, Tisha was kind of tentative in that third round. Um, but yeah, I thought I, I was okay with this decision. what do you think, Jeff? Um, I'll be honest with you, Bill. You got to give a lot of credit to Tisha Torres here. Um, able to get out of some really bad submission spots in that second round. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. She didn't win the round by any means. But, you know, she had a shark going after her and she survived. Yeah. Um, so really, you know, really, you know, that's a huge feather in Tisha Torres' cap. Um, and I felt like maybe she didn't win the first round, but I felt like she kind of stole the third round. Yeah, uh, Tisha Torres, especially towards the end when she was throwing in some of those uh, Taekwondo sidekicks. Um, but yeah, I felt like the, the decision definitely went the right way. But huge credit to Tisha Torres, man. You know, she had a really, really tough competitor and mm -hmm. she was able to survive uh, in, you know, that fighter's specialty, really. And, uh, you know, she was kind of able to to give the judges something to think about, especially in, at the end of that third round. Uh, like you said, a split decision. So I felt like it went the right way, but, you know, huge credit to Tisha Torres. Yeah. Uh, the, the way she put her back against the cage to defend that Kimura was um, very resourceful. 
because what happens with the Kimura is you have to get it behind the back, which you can't, you can't put the arm behind the back. If someone's up against the cage. So that was, that was great. And yet, and, and that thing was in tight, man. Yeah. If, if Mackenzie Dern was able to get her hips, like just a few more inches to the right, like she would have taken that arm home with her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah dude, I was so impressed when Torres got out of that. Um, but yeah, like you said, using the 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 cage to to like give the arm a stopping point so that it can't keep going behind the back. That's uh, you you can't teach that, man. That's some good uh, resourcefulness and mm -hmm. and good thinking on her feet. But the way Mackenzie Dern just kind of like jumped on her and started just like climbing on her body, like grabbing at limbs, like yeah. that's that's something out of a horror movie, man. That's yeah, like. Dude. I mean, pull, yeah, pulling guard is disgusting. It's definitely horrifying. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but I, I'm okay with it. I'm not. In this though. case, in I don't appreciate case. jumping guard. It, it, I'll let Mackenzie Dern get away with it. I'll give her a pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marco Madsen unanimous decision over Vince Pichel. Um, this was like you know Vince just didn't have an answer. I I thought this fight would be a lot more competitive just because of uh, Vince's experience and, and Mark's inexperience when it comes to MMA. But man, this dude's really putting it together. What do you think? Bill, I'll be honest with you. I missed part of the first round. Maybe mm -hmm. Madsen won the first round. I felt like it won parts of the second round, but man, I felt like Vince Pichel could have won this fight. Mm -hmm. I felt like he got the third round. Uh, in the second round, I felt like he just had more output than Marco Madsen. Yeah. Um, he was able to stuff a couple of takedowns. was able to take Madsen down in that second round. So I felt like Vince Pichel actually won this fight. It felt to me yeah. like, yeah, I'll be honest mm -hmm. with you. Uh, and like I said, I missed part of the first round. Maybe I have to rewatch this fight again because it wasn't, you know, Super crazy interesting to me. Maybe I have to rewatch it. But I felt like Vince Pichel won. I don't know how Mark Madsen is still undefeated. Because I felt like he lost his last fight too, Bill. The UFC is protecting this guy. All right? <laughs> and it sounds like you are too, Bill. You need to pick a <laughs> side, man. <laughs> don't you point your finger at me. It can't be the UFC. It's because the Athletic Commission is judging the fights. And I think if it were up to the UFC, um, Aljamain Sterling wouldn't have won in that co-main event. Because... Did you see Dana White's face when he read the scorecard? He looked like pretty pissed off. <laughs> I think he wanted to see Sterling lose there. I don't know. Dude, maybe was, I'm reading too into no, the memes that I've seen. No, I agree with you, Bill, because he was standing behind Peter Yan with the belt um, yeah. when they were calling when uh, when Bruce Buffer was calling it, and then he had to like step over to uh, to to Aljo. Um, it, it was kind of funny. I'm like. Because you usually don't see that from, from Dana White, you know? Yeah. Um, well, actually, what am I saying? This is Dana White we're talking about. But, uh, but yeah, it's just like like he in his head thought Peter Jan won. And in my head, that's why he was standing behind him on like that side. Uh, I guess dude, so. it, was, it was pretty hilarious, man. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch that one, I guess. I, I might have been a little distracted. Uh, onto the prelims, Ian Gary unanimous decision win over Darian Weeks. Um, this is a pretty good fight. I, I was impressed with Gary and his ability to fight moving backwards, like he was throwing strikes that you usually wouldn't be able to throw 
when you're moving, when you're backing up, like he's throwing head kicks and he's throwing like rear front kicks to the face and he's landing like big power punches, like while backpedaling, which is insanely impressive, especially for a guy that size. Um, had a bit of a slow start in that first round. I think uh, Weeks won that round, but then he got rocked a bunch of times in the second and third. Um, and and Gary showing like he's going to be a problem at welterweight. Um, I don't know how he's going to do against like more of a wrestler though, because mm. he was having a uh, a bit of a hard time getting out of like the clinch with Weeks when he was pinning him up against the fence, and he was like. He was defending the takedowns, but they weren't like they were like stalling takedown attempts. There, he was not like chaining takedowns together, you know, like a high level wrestler would, like a lot of the guys at the top of this division. Um, so he's definitely going to have to work on those areas. Um, but he's got like a big personality. The UFC is like really behind this kid, so um, that hopefully they don't, just don't push him too you know give him too much too soon uh, but i thought he looked good what'd you think jeff yeah yeah he definitely gave darian weeks a lot to think about and uh, even when weeks had gary up against the cage and was making him back up uh he was a little tentative um so yeah good fight from both of these guys and i agree with what you said i think they need to keep ian gary away from uh from you know the high level grapplers for now mm -hmm. uh looks like he might struggle with them or give him one and let him deal with it. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm all for that idea, too. Let's see. Um, I have, yeah, we're at about 45 minutes here, so I'm just going to go over the rest of the results here, Jeff, and you tell me what sticks out to you the most. Anthony Hernandez, unanimous decision over Josh Fremd. Uh, Raquel Pennington, unanimous decision over Aspen Ladd. Mike Malott, uh nasty TKO over Mickey Gall. Just dropped him and knocked the soul out of him. Um, Alexi Olenek with a nasty scarf hold neck crank. Um, I I love Alexi Olenek, man. This dude, like, he had his back taken. He was getting the piss beaten out of him. He's, he's in there with his gray beard, and then he just reverses everything, jumps on uh, <laughs> jumps on Jared's back, and then gets him in that scarf hold, and it's like, it, that's just like a playground move. He's just like, come on, say uncle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not a move that should really work in the UFC, but yeah. he, just, he just finds a way to do that. Um, and it, the guy just must have like an incredible squeeze uh, because it's just pain. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. And usually UFC fighters don't tap out for pain, um, but sometimes they do. Um, Pietro Rodriguez, unanimous decision over Kay Hansen. I imagine she's not going to have much time left in the UFC. Uh, probably going to have to go to OnlyFans full-time. And then Julio Arce, um, unanimous decision over Daniel Santos. I didn't realize that this, these last two fights were at catch weights. Yeah, because, uh, couple of those fighters missed the weight bill, which we do not tolerate on this show. That's right. right? Um, but, Bill, if I have to pick just one fight out of all these, Alexi Olnick versus Jared v v Vendera, I mean, 
Come on, dude. In in the three minutes and thirty nine seconds, this fight had everything. All right, mm. uh, it had takedowns, had some stand up. Uh, like you said, Vandera was all over Olenek at first, and then Olenek just reverses it. He's all over Ver- uh, Vandera, dude. I was like yelling in my house. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> dude!" So exciting. I mean, how do you not love Olenek? Like I did it. I did not think he would win this fight when Vandera took his back, and then he somehow reverses it, gets on top, takes Van- Vandera's back. And like you said, then he goes for that scarf hold, uh, which, you know, it's uncomfortable, but it's like you said, he might just have a nasty squeeze, man, for for people to tap out to that because it's not really a submission hold. It's just yeah, it's just a neck crank. Yeah, Um, it it hurts. But the other thing is, like, you're at such an angle that it's kind of easy for the person on bottom to roll you. Which is why uh, my first jujitsu coach, Stephen Williams, shout out to Stephen Williams. He used to say, avoid that scarf hold position at all costs. He's like, because you're not going to get a submission there. And, you know, it's just easier. Somebody could take your back or somebody could just, you know, roll you. It's not a good control position. Um, he would say, unless you're also controlling the leg. So you would kind of have like the head and arm with, uh, with one hand and the leg with the other. And you're just kind of using it for control time. Um, but yeah, man, Olenek just finds a way to make things work that that kind of shouldn't. You know, that Ezekiel choke that he's famous for that really only works in a gi. Um, and he's able to find it from positions that you're not even supposed to be able to get it from. So one of, one of my favorite fighters, Alexi Olenek. And then I love when Rogan interviewed him. He's like, how much longer do you think you're going to go? He's like, oh, not much, maybe five or ten years. <laughs> um, so that was great. Uh, Mike Malott was really impressive. Yeah. Um, like, he just starched Mickey Gall. Um, What's that put Mickey Gall at? Like seven and five? Yeah, not good. Yeah, I think he's lost, like, I think he's only won, like, one fight out of his last, like, seven. Let's take a look. Uh, yeah, so. Oh, one out of his last four. Yeah, he's won one out of his last four. He's won two out of his last seven. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, this is a guy who had, who had so much momentum coming into this. I mean... He, he was brought in to, to fight uh, CM Punk and, you know, dismantled so the CM him. stands for Chick Magnet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. Um, and then he then he derailed Sage Northcutt. Um, but then ever since that Randy Brown fight, it was just kind of like a... Yeah, not good. Not good. Lost to Diego Sanchez, Mike Perry, Alex Morano, and now Mike Malott, but... Man, Mike Malott looks good, dude. He's he's got yeah. power. He's gonna be a problem. Yeah, this is giving the UFC Malott to think about. <laughs> I mean, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing Ian Gary versus Mike Malott. Oh, actually, yeah, that's a good fight. That's that sounds like a fun fight to me. Yeah, I think I think somebody loses a nose in that one or joins yeah. the uh, the uh, the the um, 
the Arlovsky Nose of the Month Club. <laughs> we haven't had one of those in a while. Um, hey, the year is still young, so that's true. Um, I, I thought it was a great card overall. I mean, so it was Volkanovsky got a performance of the night. Um, Jemayev and Burns were fighting the night, obviously, and Olenek got himself a bonus there, too. So yeah. he'll be able to feed his five kids this month. Um, <laughs> any any kind of uh, encompassing thoughts on UFC 273, Jeff? Yeah, dude. I mean, we were excited for this one last week when we were talking about it. So, you know, top to bottom, this card really, really delivered, man. Mm -hmm. What an awesome night of fights. Mm -hmm. Agreed. All right, on to the next. So next weekend we got um, UFC on ESPN 34. Back at the Apex, um, which seems like it's going to be a regular thing. We got a rematch in the main event between Vicente Luque and Bilal Muhammad. Uh, in their first fight, Luque knocked him out in like a minute something, if I recall. I'll pull up uh, Bilal Muhammad's record here. Yeah, so it was back in 2016. Oh, I can't <clears throat> roll back. UFC 205, wow. Yeah. It was a Conor McGregor was the main event against um, Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez. That's when he won the the lightweight championship. Man, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> six years ago already, or November will be six years. Um, so since then, Bilal Muhammad's just been on a tear, man. Um, you know, even after the the eye poke from. Um, Leon Edwards. Yeah, with Leon Edwards, uh, you know he went on to beat Damian Maya and Wonder Boy. Like, who's wow? How many people could say they beat them back to back? Yeah, how many? Yeah, damn. How many people can say they've beaten them in their career? In their career, sheesh. Not a lot. Um, yeah, if only I could remember Bilal Muhammad's <laughs> name. <laughs> Uh, that was good. But Luke, man, let me pull up Luke's record. This dude. Yeah, Luke is a tough dude. He's been on a on a bit of a kill spree himself. All right, so four in a row. I thought I actually thought it was more than that. Then he had a loss to Steven Thompson. But those four, I mean Nico Price, knockout. Randy Brown, knockout. Tyron Woodley, submission. Michael Chiesa, submission. Yeah. That's that is quite the resume, man. Like one, that's a murderer's row in in the welterweight division. Uh -huh. you know, Nico Price, Randy Brown was a really tough dude. He's out of Henzo Gracie, New York, Bill. Um, Tyron Woodley, Michael Chiesa, and like finished all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think Luke definitely doesn't get enough credit, but it's good to see him at least in a main event. Um man. It, it's it's this is a tough one for Bilal Muhammad, I think. Yeah. Even though he's been on a streak, like he's getting in there with a guy who who blasted him out of there in like a minute and twenty seconds, the first time they fought. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's rough. It's hard to favor uh, Muhammad here. What are your thoughts on this main event, though? Bill, I gotta agree with you, man. Bilal Muhammad, he's a tough dude. He's very well rounded. But like you said, man, Vicente Luque knocked him into, you know, six years into the future, man. Um, 
Yeah, now they're fighting again. Yeah, I think that's all Bilal Muhammad remembers is is that knockout, and now he's here. Bill he also Ford. remembers his name. <clears throat> Good, because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry, man. That's one of the worst fighter nicknames, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, but dude, it's uh, you know, like you said, both of these guys have been on a tear. But man, uh, it's really tough to see this one for Bilal Muhammad, man. I, I, I think Vicente Luque might just have his number, dude. Could be. We'll have to find out. And Luque is, is dangerous everywhere, man. Yeah. All right. So the co-main event, I'm not familiar with. There's uh, no way this is the co-main event, dude. I mean, it looks like it is. Chow, Bralo, and Godzi Omar Godziev, I want to say. You think I got those pretty close? Hey, they're better than how I was going to pronounce them. How are you going to pronounce them? I don't know, but not like that. <laughs> um, I, I'm more interested in Andre Fialo and Miguel Baeza. That's a fun fight. Yeah, that would be a good co-main event. Um, I, I'm not familiar with these other guys, but ten and one against thirteen and zero. I mean, this guy just has a scary name, Godzi Omar Godziev. Yeah, it sounds like somebody was not to be trifled with. Yeah, when you have these Russian guys who like part of their last name sounds like similar to part of their first name. Like, those guys are always dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got, like, Magomed, Magomedov. Like, no, nah, I don't want to fight that guy. <laughs> Fuck, that. <laughs> Fuck that. His first and last names are too similar. I'm not, I'm not fighting it. <laughs> oh, um, okay, so this guy... 13-0, pretty much all finishes. So he won by knee bar in the first round on the contender series. That was back in October. Yeah, his his wins are are pretty much all finishes. Yeah, he's only got it looks like only two decisions. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's a scary dude, man. Yeah, look at him. His pictures in black and white. Like wherever he lives, they don't even have color photographs yet. Yeah, lighting's <laughs> pretty bad on that one. So <laughs> that this may have been taken on the set of a horror movie. <laughs> That's what it looks like, Bill. Yeah. Uh keep Godzi away from me. I don't want to fight that guy. Then we got uh Myra Bueno Silva against Yanan Wu, Pat Sabatini against TJ Laramie, Elizu Zaleski dos Santos and Munir Lazez. Actually, that's the fight I'm most looking forward to on this card. That's yeah, gonna be good. that's gonna be a really good one. Oh, and then Devin Clark and William Knight. Oh, that'll be good. At heavyweight. Oh shit! William Knight moved up to heavyweight. Dude, he's a small light heavyweight. What is he doing? Yeah, but he's thick as fuck, bro. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> but he's a foot. Sh he's gonna be a foot shorter than everybody. Uh there's our buddy Bruce chiming in. Bill, you don't want to fight anyone in the UFC, including the women's divisions, because they would all absolutely murder you. You might be right, Bruce. You might be right. I shaved my beard that was covering up my weak chin, though. 
<laughs> the the atom weight women would knock out cold. Would knock out out cold, Bill. All right, Bruce. I want whatever you're drinking. I'm just going. I'll, I'll go on record here. There's no atom weights that are knocking me out. <laughs> and there aren't even atom weights in the UFC. So what are we even arguing about here, Bruce? <laughs> it's not even a division that exists. All right. Lena Landsberg and Pani Kianzad. Uh, Drakkar Close and Brandon Jenkins. That sounds like a good fight. Papa too. Garcia and Jesse Ronson. Oh, Chris Barnett is back finally. I'm excited. Why are they burying this guy on the prelims? He's so entertaining. This is the guy that did that front flip into like that split, the big chunky heavyweight. You remember this, I'm, Jeff? I remember that. I can't remember the fight though. <laughs> he he won with a spinning wheel kick, Jeff. Huggy oh, bear. this guy. Okay. He knocked out John Vellante with a spinning wheel kick. That was back in November. Oh, I'm excited. This guy's back. Oh, that, yeah. That that it's gonna be a fun card for sure. Where am I here? I'm all discombobulated here. All right, here we go. And then uh, Jordan Levitt versus Trey Ogden. That'll be fun. Jordan Levitt is entertaining. He's coming off his first loss, I believe. Uh, Estela Nunez and Sam Hughes. And then we got Haile, Alatang, and Kevin Kroom. What's jumping out to you here, Jeff? Bill, um, really like Devin Clark versus William Knight. Not so sure about how I feel about William Knight going up to heavyweight because he's already a foot shorter than everybody in the light heavyweight division. And I really like Dracar Close versus Brandon Jenkins. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. I'm excited for the Santos and Lazez. This yeah. is a this is a sneaky good card, Jeff. Baeza and Fialo. And in the main event, like, how do you not love this fight? Like if if it doesn't go like the first fight went, like that and it's it, you know, if we get five rounds of these two, we could actually get like a really great fight here. Yeah, for sure. Our friend Jeff Bogman wants to know, Jeff, if you've learned how to pronounce Jacare yet. No, I'm still saying it Jacare. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's I think he's retired, isn't he? I don't know. Maybe. Bruce says the straw weight women would kill you, Bill. He's very enthusiastic tonight. Bruce has been coming after me hard lately. Yeah, Bill, what'd you do to the poor guy? I don't know. I don't know. I must have pissed him off in a previous life or something. Did you piss in his in his cornflakes, Bill? Is that what happened? <clears throat> I think I bought the last pack of condoms at the Disney hotel, and he wanted them. <laughs> Bill, I feel like at some point you may have given this guy a Chicago sunroof. <laughs> is that what happened, Bill? Do you know what a Chicago sunroof is? I'm afraid to ask. All right, Bill. If you're not going to ask, I'm not going to tell you. All right, I'll ask. What's a Chicago sunroof, Jeff? Bill, it's when someone leaves their car unattended <clears throat> with the sunroof open, okay? So you climb up on there, drop your pants, and uh, drop the kids off at the pool, except in, in the car. You, you defecate 
on the in on the inside of the car through the sunroof. Oh, it's called all over Bruce's leather interior. Yeah, which I'm was sure. which is probably all white in his Nissan or his Jag, whatever he's driving. Uh, he's days. probably driving like a nice Cadillac Escalade. Those have sunroofs. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, Bill, that is a Chicago sunroof. I might have done that. Sorry, Bruce. I didn't mean shit in your vehicle. <laughs> um let's see what were we talking about <laughs> um so ufc next weekend vicente luque Bilal muhammad um here's here's the prediction i want jeff not who's gonna win but if luque wins the fight does he get a title shot against the winner of uh, edwards and uh usman and same question for uh, Bilal Muhammad? I think they have to win. <laughs> Hold on. <no. laughs> oh, man. Coach Bill just uh, chimed in. <laughs> Say, why did I choose now to watch live? Um, but just Coach, lucky, I guess. Yeah, Coach, at least now you know what a Chicago sunroof is. So... Hopefully, I'm why do like... people have sunroofs in Chicago? It's like thirty degrees or lower, like twelve months out of the year. I don't make the rules, Bill. <clears throat> All right. Well, they got some freaky people in Chicago. But um, but Bill, I think that whoever wins, if they want a shot at the title yeah. next, I think they have to. They have to do something either entertaining or devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Chamayev, listen, he got everybody's motor running last night, man. Including Dana White's, which is the most important motor to get running. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, Bill, um, is Usman really fighting Leon Edwards for in the next? Uh... <clears throat> yeah, I believe that's. My question is how and why? Why not? Who'd Leon, mean, Edwards, who'd Leon Edwards beat to get a title shot? Yeah, it looks like they're targeting July UFC 276. They're going to headline that. Oh, sounds lame. Yeah. So, yeah, Dana White. Dana White confirms. I, I don't know. I guess it's not official yet. But you know they could build that up because it, it's a rematch, so they've got they've got some heat. Um, although you know Leon Edwards didn't gain any fans when he got this shit slapped out of him by Nate Diaz in that fight, because that's all anybody remembers. They don't remember four and a half rounds of Leon Edwards beating the shit out of Nate Diaz. They just remember <laughs> him slapping him unconscious almost. Um, so yeah. I agree. I think there's going to have to be something fantastic done. Like it's going to have to be like a spectacular knockout or like an obscure submission or something. And one step further, I think if that happens for Luke, he may get the winner of Edwards and Usman. I don't think I can say the same for Bilal Muhammad. I don't think he'll get the title shot. So Bilal Muhammad's, Quickest route to a title would be to win in emphatic fashion on Saturday and then call out Kamzat Shemaev. Because you're going to have to wait until probably December 
to fight for the title anyway. If Usman and Edwards aren't fighting until July, um, you, you know, then whoever wins that, is, they're going to take some time off. You're probably looking at December before you can fight for the title. Yeah, so that's, a, that's if he's lucky. And I, I feel like Chamayev's not going to wait around that long, so he's probably going to take another fight. So, you know, the winner of this might have to end up fighting Chamayev in July, maybe on that same card. That would be smart, too. That way, if somebody gets hurt in the main event, you can step in. Although, I don't think it would be smart to fight Chamayev at any point. So, Nope. But I'm looking forward to Huggy Bear coming back next week. That's going to be a good time. Yeah, this card is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, do we know what start time? Is it going to be on like a little earlier? Uh, I don't know. It's in Vegas, so it's probably like normal time. All right. <clears throat> Anything else you want to get off your chest here, Jeff? I got nothing for you, Bill. Oh, but Bill, I'm not going to be available for the show next Sunday. I'm going to Puerto Rico on Thursday. So. Oh, that's right. Where are you going, Rincon? I don't know. Some hell on earth that you would call paradise. I don't know. That I would call paradise? Yeah, it'll probably be nice to most people. I don't know. <laughs> I'll probably hate it. Say hi to Angela Magano when you see her. Yeah, I'll see how she's doing. Um, Pop into her gym down there. Yeah. Anyway, maybe she'll knock me out, Bill. I don't know. Maybe she'll kill me. I don't know. Well, according to Bruce, she would knock me out. Cause she's what a straw weight. I don't. Need, <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she even fights anymore. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So that's that. Well, Jeff, have a great trip. Um. You know, take a lot of pictures, or you know, don't take pictures of you like shitting in anybody's car or anything. It's called a Chicago sunroof, Bill. And listen, if it happens, I have no control over that. Okay. I feel like that's frowned upon in most places. Yeah, but there are uh, more. Except like, like Staten Island. Like in Staten Island, if you leave your sunroof open, I like it's kind of expected. Yeah, yeah, you're asking for it. Like you you leave it open so people do that. Um, let's see. Mark says, I gotta go sample Vietnam's best beer. Take it easy. Well, you have a great trip too, Mark. Uh, it's nice Enjoy Nam. together. Jeff says, Jeff Bogman says, I hope Puerto Rico is as nice as the Disney penthouse. Um, yeah, maybe it will be. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I doubt it, man. Disney's awesome. Yeah, we got to go, Jeff. Next time you're down here, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you to the, uh, the most magical place on earth. Um, that's it. So have a great trip, Jeff. Enjoy your trip, Mark. Um, Jeff, I know you're going to Costa Rica soon, the other Jeff, uh, so you enjoy that. And uh, everybody have a happy Easter. I don't know if I'm going to do a show on Easter Sunday or not. kind of depends how the, how the day goes. But happy Easter to everyone who celebrates and uh, hope you enjoy some time off. If, you know, if you, get, if you get the long weekend with Good Friday and all that. I know my daughter's off from school, so we're going to have to work that out. Um, oh, merchandise. I always forget. I should do this at the beginning of the show. But if you guys want to grab some over-the-top, under-the-influence gear, you can get it from our friends at Team Reaper. The website is reaper1.co. 
Don't put the M in there. Uh, promo code is MMA rocks 10. That'll save you 10% on your entire order. Whether you're buying our t-shirts, hoodies, and tank tops or not, you can get anything you want. Some training gear, some gloves, the promo code will work. Um, so that's that. And I just closed this and I don't know how to open it again. So we're going to call it a show. That's all we got for this week. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we appreciate the shares, the comments, the criticism, the roasting. Uh, as you can tell, I do enjoy it. I've got a thick skin. So, so bring it on. Tell me I'll get knocked out by all the straw weights. I love it. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Bye. <laughs>